We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the bat pulse. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Before we begin today's discussion, here is some genre-related news. A microscopic organism has reproduced asexually after having been frozen in the permafrost of northeastern Siberia for 24,000 years. Russian scientists found the ancient animal, known as a deloid rotifer, in soil taken from the river Alasia in Russia's Yakutia region. The organism was recovered from samples collected from 3.5 meters underground. This new case, which was detailed in a study in the current journal Biology, is by far the creature's longest recorded survival period in a frozen state. <laughs> and obviously, there's no way this could possibly go wrong. A new trailer dropped this week for Season 4 of Stranger Things Volume 2. You can view the trailer on the Fantastic Forum Twitter page. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Stranger Things Volume 4 premieres... Sorry, Stranger Things Volume 4... Sorry, Volume... Stranger Things 4 Volume 2 <laughs> premieres July 1st on Netflix. Also released this week was a poster for the Game of Thrones spinoff prequel, House of the Dragon. You can see that on the aforementioned Fantastic Forum Facebook page. House of the Dragon premieres August 21st on HBO Max. Conflicts were reported earlier this week on the subreddit for the streaming series The Boys. Evidently, the controversy, which emerged following this week's installment of the show, centered around right-wing fans' consternation over their recognition of the character Homelander as a villain. While it is surprising that the status of Homelander would possibly have been in doubt this long, it seems some fans had hoped for, at very least, a redemption arc. Of course, readers of the comic book source material could not possibly have seen Homelander as anything other than a supervillain. But with the boys' television series growing popularity, it probably isn't all that shocking that there would be those who wanted the character to be something different. A Star Wars X-Wing fighter model used in the original 1977 sci-fi fantasy movie fetched $2.3 million at auction on Tuesday night. The X-Wing model was used in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope for X-Red X-Wing squadron leader Garvin Drays, played by the late Drew Henley. The model is extraordinarily rare, as most of those constructed were destroyed by pyrotechnics during the filming of the movie's climactic battle sequence at the Death Star. 
And some sad news from last week, and frankly, I don't know how this got by me on the show, but comic book artist Tim Sale passed away on June 16th. Sale was an Eisner Award winner and was known for his work on Batman, Superman, and Daredevil. He was 66. Jurassic World Dominion continued as the number one movie at last weekend's domestic box office, earning $59.2 million. Lightyear had a disappointing opening coming in second with just over 50 million after initial projections of between 70 and 80 million. And Top Gun Maverick continues to perform robustly. It was third with close to $45 million, but its daily receipts for Thursday outpaced both Jurassic World and Lightyear, and it is expected to take number one at this weekend's box office, uh, outbattling Elvis. On today's show, we're talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus that concluded this week. But first, here is the official spoiler-free FF review of Lightyear. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. Pixar Animation Studio has been remarkably consistent with producing a string of critically acclaimed and commercially successful movies. Expect this trend to continue with Pixar's latest offering, Lightyear. Based on the Buzz Lightyear action figure appearing in Pixar's Toy Story movie series, Lightyear is presented as the film that inspired the toy owned by young Andy. It is a delightful movie that will entertain audiences of all ages. Space Ranger Buzz Lightyear is part of a deep space colonization and exploration mission. In stasis aboard a gigantic starship, Lightyear and his commanding officer, Alicia Hawthorne, are revived by the computer when the ship comes into contact with a planet deemed investigation worthy. Lightyear and Hawthorne land the ship and initiate a survey. The Space Rangers find the planet populated by hostile vegetation. In attempting escape, the ship is damaged and becomes stranded. The remainder of the crew and passengers are revived from stasis and Lightyear is tasked with identifying a new fuel source capable of returning the ship to the stars. This mission develops a peculiar irregularity. Each time Lightyear attempts a fuel test, there is a time lag. Years pass for his fellows, but Buzz only experiences brief minutes. Eventually, this causes him to be dramatically out of sync with the others. Buzz returns successfully from his last mission to find that a hostile force of robots, led by Zerg, has attacked, seeking to steal the newly developed fuel source. Can Buzz lead the defeat of Zerg and get the new fuel source to the space colony so they can escape the planet and resume their space exploration? CGI animation involves an army of animators to bring the characters to life. Pixar pioneered this process and continues to refine it with each successive movie. A big part of what causes critics and audiences alike to embrace these movies is the humanity of the characters. The audience feels for them. Some are more human than actual living, breathing actors and actresses. Although I think that American audiences are conditioned to accept and empathize with animated characters more easily than with humans. Many of us enjoy an innate love of cartoons from an early age. We have our favorite characters and retain an affinity with them 
well into adulthood. There is a special artistry to Lightyear. Animated films are painstakingly mapped out well in advance. The planning process allows for a carefully crafted story and characterizations, but it is the level of technical sophistication that is most impressive. Director Angus McLean, along with Matthew Aldrich and Jason Headley, have written a well-constructed tale that highlights Buzz's stalwart character, yet challenges his convictions and gives him the opportunity to grow. Lightyear stars the voices of Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Dale Souls, Taika Watiti, Peter Sohn, Uzo Aduba, James Brolin, Mary McDonald Lewis, Efren Ramirez, Bill Hader, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. The casting of the voice actors seems particularly deliberate, and all are wonderful in their various roles. I especially like Peter Sohn as Socks, Buzz's robotic pet companion. My only criticism is that this is described as the film Andy saw in 1995 that made him want the Buzz Lightyear toy. As with many of the more recent Pixar movies, there was enough progressive content that I find it highly unlikely that this would have been made in 1995. This is a very thoughtful movie. It offers some great commentary about guilt, forgiveness, friendship, as well as the consequential nature of human existence. And we get to find out if Zerg is actually Buzz's father. Pixar is great at having every element of the movie come together to elicit the requisite emotions from their audience. Michael Giacchino provides his usual high-quality musical score. Lightyear runs a brisk one hour and 40 minutes and is rated PG for action peril. Of course, this movie is suitable for kids of all ages. Three stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Four. The official FF review of Lightyear, starring the voices of Chris Evans and Kiki Palmer, which opened last week in theaters nationwide. Time to introduce today's panel. I am joined by Roberto Ortiz, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. Everybody, welcome to the show. Hello there. Glad to be here. Howdy, howdy. Oh, and I would be remiss if I didn't point out that we also have a review of Jurassic Park. We're sorry, Jurassic World Dominion, which you can find on the Great Geek Refuge page, and it is also available wherever you can download your favorite podcast. Uh, I like to generally replay these things the following week, but I had a review of Lightyear, and I was trying to get that in, and I didn't want to play two reviews last week, and so, <laughs> and of course, if you're interested in hearing the review of Lightyear again, or any of the movie reviews that we have for Fantastic Forum, you may go to that Great Geek Refuge site and you can find them and enjoy them. So uh, that's what we're going to do in lieu of playing that review. But yeah, a couple of things here that uh, I thought were interesting uh, that we might talk about, uh, even though primarily I'd wanted to talk a little bit, to, well, a primarily bit. I'd want, yeah. I know, I just realized that. <laughs> yeah. It's like using those doggone filler words, Yuli, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Now, yeah, the um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus, and ah, shoot, hey, let's just, let's just get into that. I mean, yeah. we don't need to talk about any of this other stuff. I yeah. mean, even though I did think it was really cool that that 
uh, red leader model from Star Wars sold for $2.3 million at auction. That but, was really And cool. also something mm-hmm. should be said about Team Sale because he... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, that's a hell of a loss. And it's like, that's young. It's like, what the heck? Oh, was yeah. 62? 66. 66. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, the fact that I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention that last week. And that was something that we had heard about before air. And I and let me tell you something. The other thing is, and this is really sad, I didn't realize until that night. <laughs> I was home and I'm like, wait, I didn't say anything about Tim Sale having passed away. Um, oh, but I guess the other thing that I could mention, even though uh, it's not it's not directly relevant because it's outside our area, but this weekend down in Charlotte, North Carolina, is Heroes Convention, huh. and it is the 40th anniversary for Heroes Convention. Wonderful show that uh, is put on down there, and I know a number of people who are there, and uh, you've still got time to get to Charlotte if you want to attend that show. But a really wonderful regional convention, one of the better ones hmm. that is done. So if you haven't ever been, nope. it is one that you should add to your list, especially now that we are starting to be able to convention again. But Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I just have Kenobi. to say... Yeah, well, I, but I, I just have to say that before this thing started, I was sort of on the fence. I'm like, do we really need an Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Yes, what in yes. the heck are they going to do? 100% yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. They, they did a fantastic job. In terms of, once you stick the landing the way they did, it's like, yep, you can do whatever the hell you want. I'm impressed how well you stick the Deborah landing. Deborah Chow killed it in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. I mean, she she brought you into the exact feeling of what this guy has been dealing with for 10 years. Actually, two of the guys of what they've been dealing with and feeling yeah. for the last 10 years. That was so sad, by the way. I mean, Obi-Wan's existence, I was looking at this, and I'm like, dude, how far you have fallen. I mean, he even looked. But again, this is one of the things that I loved about this, well, about the symmetry to it. And oh, by the way, uh, like there poetry. will be spoilers. If you haven't seen Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+, Plus, then you don't want to listen to this show today because we are going to be talking about it. But uh, And I'm going to mention that because Obi-Wan at uh, in Episode 6, conclusion of Episode 6, versus Obi-Wan in Episode 1, night and day. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was kind of, he was kind of back. I mean, and that was... I mean, again, it was just so sad seeing how far he had fallen. I mean, lightsaber buried in the desert. He's actually turning his back on fellow Jedi, talking about bury your lightsaber and forget about it all. Yes. The Jedi Order failed. He but he lost failed everything, but he, but he never fell. but he never turned. Mm-hmm. That's right. a cool. That's it a was thing. an analogy, though. It was an analogy for people who have undealt with trauma. Yes, like a hundred percent. Yes, like yes, like that. Yes. that watching that that's like that's it was screaming that to me because he just that was the only way he could cope with it it's just like let's just live a life where i don't have to live ever acknowledge this ever again even though it haunted him every day and he wasn't living he basically it's symbolic that he was living in a cave because symbolically he buried himself if you stop yeah. to think about yeah. it. well and that's why it was so important that he moved out at the end but one moment. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Camille Richardson and 
Mike Lunsford, and Roberto Ortiz. We were just starting to get into talking about the new, latest, greatest offering from Disney on Disney Plus, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which just concluded earlier this week. And actually, I think I agree with Max. It's a good representation of PTSD in terms of how he was destroyed by the guilt and destroyed that they lost and they lost so badly and that uh, he didn't say a, a way out it's actually it's very good because it, it captured the themes of star wars and how children can provide the path for redemption for people it's an overgoing team in star wars ignoring the civil where the concept of having children or children can provide you a new opportunity to basically have a new hope in your life. And how important... A new hope? Yeah, duh. And how important... Ah, ah see, I there. had to sneak it there. <laughs> but how important hope it is for somebody to be able to find their super Saiyan, I guess. <laughs> mm, yeah, uh, and he had no hope at the beginning, but nope. then through his experience, and particularly with young Leah, uh, he was redeemed. Well, it wasn't just even the trauma of what he was dealing with as to why he had fallen to where he had fallen. You're also dealing with the fact of, yes, with all the guilt that he felt with Anakin and yeah. feeling as though he failed him, well, damn, the one thing I can do is make sure that this little boy does not get found by this tormented menace um, and, and, that, and that I can make sure that he will be okay and that, again, yeah, a new hope. Um, but that's another reason why he wasn't messing with the force, why he wasn't touching it, why he was, why he became a complete hermit. He he didn't want to bring any attention to that planet that could put Luke in danger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, but the cool thing about it is basically, if you sub uh, if you think of Obi Wan as a character, is that of all the characters in Star Wars, he's the one true Jedi, the one that if you sub to think about it, represents what a Jedi should be, the 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 paladin, the actual. Because think of all the challenges that basically happened to Obi-Wan, including the t t stuff that happened to him in Clone Wars. Um, he always held true. He never turned. And he, he could have. I don't know, Roberto. I, I, I would be inclined. Mark, I'll, Mike, I'll come to you in just a second. Yeah. I'd be inclined to say Qui-Gon yeah, was more Qui -Gon. The, the one you know, who was the quintessential Jedi, more so than Obi-Wan. Like what pragmatic. the Jedi should have been and not yes. what the Order was making the Jedi. And, and I do feel that one of the biggest issues of the Jedi is to cut attachments, when in yes. reality the moments that we have defeated the Empire or defeated others is because of, of attachments. attachments. And love, yes. Mm. Mike, what were you going to say? So I think that, like, I want to comment on what Roberto said, but also the Qui-Gon mentioned, because I think Qui-Gon is a, it was the perfect example of what a light side force user should be, but not a Jedi. Yeah. And that's something that we saw as the trilogy, the, the prequel uh, trilogy went on, was that the Jedi had lost touch with what it was to be just. They were so caught up in their own processes and yeah. procedures yep. that they couldn't see past. They, they, they basically were the architects of their own demise. Um, I agree that, that Obi-Wan is the best representation of, of what a quote-unquote Jedi should be. However, this series fixed Obi-Wan for me because yeah. my biggest issues with Obi-Wan was how easy it was for him to just be like, well, we failed. I'm going to go hide in the desert and see you guys later. <laughs> and like how Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> yeah, we needed right, this veil, yeah. you know. But move. like how flippant he was with like his answers to Luke when Luke was like, 
you know, you told me that Vader betrayed and murdered my father. He's like, well, see, what I told you was the truth from, like, you know, a certain point of view. And, like, I was just like, what a smug jerk. And, like, as this series played out, this did everything that I always wanted Obi-Wan to do. Because Obi-Wan, I felt like he never felt bad for what happened with him and Anakin. And, man, that, I'm not going to talk about that scene in detail yet, but that scene in episode six of the Obi-Wan series when it's at the finale of their uh, of their saber fight and Obi yeah. and Obi-Wan is like bawling his eyes out and he apologizes to him we are like, all bawling our eyes out yeah. battle I, of the fates same, part two right and I'm like I- I'm looking at this scene and I'm like this is exactly what I wanted from him this is yes. what like he at least felt bad for what he did and takes some ownership for this and then like just holy crap and then Vader's response dude like, I've watched that scene probably a dozen times. Yeah. Because it was so incredibly active. And for anybody who's like, Hayden Christensen is, was a bad Anakin Skywalker. Wow, you don't know what you're talking about because this dude nailed that role. And like that smirk. Like you see what a menace he, he is in that moment. Oh, yeah. Like you see it like, no, I killed yeah. him. And that menacing smile within suddenly oh. the red glare of the saber. Whew. Yeah. Like how beautifully filmed that was how he acted it both of them it it evoked so much emotion you were just so the tragedy of anakin skywalker is so much bigger now but you know what thing some that i appreciated is that how well this ties in with the scene uh in terms of the fight between obi-wan uh, sorry, between Darth Vader and Ahsoka. Oh, it's exactly the same. Exactly, but but there's a big difference, and this is what I love about it. Ahsoka basically takes down the left side. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm going to need you to be real careful because I'm up to episode five of season two of Rebels. I have deliberately avoided watching that fight at the end okay, of it so because I would like so for close. it to unfold right, so close, naturally. So okay, yes. I won't say what happened, but let's just say that well, they I mean, only... I know that we'll they, just say it's they like fight poetry. And, it know, rhymes. Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 it rhymes, and the cool thing is that they only... Only so many spoilers we're going to have for you folks. Okay, so do you notice that Obi-Wan was unable to take the mask of Darth Vader, but he, for one second, got a gift not only that from Anakin, where Anakin point blank tells him, and this is what I like about Darth Vader. Darth Vader is, is not a noble villain. It's like he owns up to who he is. And he's like, yeah, I killed Anakin. I did this yeah, to myself. I did this. You didn't kill him. You didn't I kill him. him. I yeah. did yeah. this on my own. That was and heavy. That yeah. was, but that's true. And that's the cool thing. That's why I like Vader as a villain. If you stop to think about it, Vader as a villain, the reason he's so compelling is that it's not that he is sneaky evil like uh, like uh, that woman from uh, Harry Potter, uh, Dolores uh, Umbridge. Umbridge. No, he's very direct. I'm a bad person. I will I destroy you. you, and I will destroy you in every conceivable way. Yeah. And I don't feel good about it because I am living in pain constantly. Yeah. That and cracking between the voice between Anakin yeah. and Vader. Oh, oh. man. So but, well done. But the point I was so going to make is that the only person who was able to crack the veil of Darth Vader was his son. But there were there were echoes too. Yeah. What Luke said in Return of the Jedi yeah. echoes what Obi-Wan said. Yeah. And like that's the well, other thing about what I loved about this is the way they stitched it together because now guaranteed in that scene when they're on Endor right before Luke takes him up to the second Death Star or right before him and Luke go up to the second Death Star, he says, well, then my father is truly dead. 
I guarantee you in that moment, Darth Vader immediately had a flashback to Obi-Wan saying the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And did you guys realize the the little correlations that each episode uh, correlated with one of the six movies in order? Oh. Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I mean, even in what? The, the first one you're on you're on Tatooine just like with Phantom Menace, you you know, you see some of the pod racing stuff. The second one you have like kind of like that underworld of what we saw like in Attack of the Clones. I and mean, there are other things with it. Uh, the third one where Vader's like breaking the neck any any you know, drags Obi-Wan through the fire <laughs> and burns him. Like, that's, you know, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, there's just so many little parallels wow. and so many little things within the, the dialogue yeah. of how it was written that have these parallels. And it's just, I feel like it's so masterfully and beautifully done. It captured every little... Um, it, it was so honorable of, of Lucas's vision, and but also honorable to these characters and tying those threads together. Like, I really can't huh. understand those who have hated on this series just wanting some like dude bro Obi-Wan who has never experienced trauma in his life and who can just knock out anybody in a, in a second and want some flashy lightsaber stuff. No, this is, I mean, Star Wars is the story of trauma and Star Wars is, yeah. you know, are you going to choose to heal from that trauma and go to the light or are you going to embrace your trauma and go to the dark? Uh, and she just, she, 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 she killed it. I, I would, I want to see so much more from Deborah Chow after this. I do too. And, I think and, she, she gets it, you know. And the character oh, yeah. I like the most, uh, I like the journey that Riva went through, specifically that she. She better not be getting off scot free. It's all I gotta say. But the thing is, yeah. But that's the cool <laughs> thing is that now she's basically is a running. She's on a journey of redemption somehow, because now she has to make up for the monster she was. And, Big monster. And that's a problem because how do you make up for all the horrible things you did? And that's what makes a compelling see her character. I maybe even joining the path. Yes. Trying to, <laughs> trying to atone for what she did. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, at the same time, like, I want her to, I mean, I know she hasn't had an easy life, but I, I don't want her getting off scot-free for any of this. You all are funny. You're talking like, because I'll, I'll tell you one thing we don't need is a season two of Obi-Wan. Oh, no, I disagree. Yes, we do. No, we don't. We're going to have to agree to disagree. I want that conversation between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan of just like, so I trained the boy and see what happened. I want what you're doing, sir. I want Obi-Wan. Wait a minute. On that, wait, wait one second, because you just reminded me. There was something uh, Mike, that you said that I wanted to put a little bit of clarification on when you talked about how the Jedi uh, essentially um, they were the architects of their own demise. Yes, yes, they were, but they understood, and that's why they weren't going to train him. You know, when Qui Gon was like, "Then he is to be trained," they're like, "No, <laughs> he is not," and it was like, "Wait, what?" But he's the and they're like, "Nope, you he ain't gonna be trained." And let me tell you something. They were right because if you no, don't, if you don't train him, none of this stuff. Happens. I disagree. And you know what's the best answer for this? Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni basically had a conversation with George Lucas about this, and he said that the key scene to understand that decision of what happened is the duel of the fates. Yeah. Because the point was that the person who was supposed to raise Anakin was supposed to be quiet. Yeah, not but, his. But, but the person is that. But then technically Obi -Wan speaking, pushed a bad position. No, no, no. He's like, Anakin's I'm going to train him because children. I promised my Why, master. But thing, you need you know? Anakin because you needed to have the children that eventually would be what took down the empire. Yes. That's how it but ends up if playing. Anakin is never trained. 
we don't have it now. We Maybe still get sick. it unfolds. Yes, Palpatine, and then what? Who is going to be trained to go up against that? Exactly. Well, but he turned. He actually joined Palpatine. I, I think it's Palpatine. Maybe but they beat Palpatine. No, if no, you no. Don't Palpatine was going to win no matter what. That's the point. You know who has a really good um, breakdown of why the things in Star Wars ha- Star Wars happens, and you wouldn't think it would come from him. Freddie Prince Jr. Huh. I love Freddie him. Prince, Freddie Prince Jr. breaks down that like if you know. If you realize it's never about who's the most skilled in the force, it's never about who wants it more. It's about what the force wants. Yeah. Because the true. force wants balance. And regardless of who is the better swordsman or whatever, like the force balances itself. And if you know that going into these fights, then you know who's going to win. And like he he absolutely nails it because like I, I don't feel that there's any other alternative for the Anakin situation, because if you don't train him, he's this person born of the force that I guarantee you that the Sith are gonna get their hands on him. Yeah. And they're going to use him for their own purposes. Yeah. Because theoretically, they're the ones that created him. I don't yeah. know if that's been canonized. They've but gone that's back the and theory. forth on that. It wasn't the yeah. Charles Soul Vader uh, after Revenge of the Sith, but there's been speculation if that's exactly what it's supposed to be saying, that Palpatine basically created the midichlorians and he was kind of like yeah. the palpa daddy. <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot of, there's a theory out there that Darth Plagueis, because they've talked about how Palpatine can transfer his essence from one body to another. Sure. That plague, that, that actually Palpatine is not Palpatine, he's Plagueis. Huh. And that, Pla- that Plagueis literally took over Palpatine and that's why he took him on as a, uh, as a Padawan or a, a Sith apprentice, I'm sorry. And like, that's why he did that because he's like, oh, this person's really strong in the force. I can have all these midichlorians. I'll take over his body. So, like, that's another theory uh, into all of this, to, not to go away from Obi-Wan, but yeah. That's a really interesting theory, you know, I mean, and I, I, I mean, I was buying into what Qui-Gon was saying in terms of the midichlorians themselves may have created him, and again, and not to go too far down that rabbit hole, but the idea that um, the Force is trying to balance itself somehow. The thing is know? that they, I think the point Lucas was trying to make with the midichlorians, besides that, it's that it's almost like the Martin, Martin Luther reformation of the Christianism where he took the mysticism out of uh, Christianism and made it more German. Hold that thought because that musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break. Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, sponsors, and listeners for the continued operation of the radio station. Get involved. Give us some money. Take some classes. Do something. You can find out all about it at WERA.FM or the web wait the web page of our parent organization arlington independent media at arlingtonmedia.org and uh, check it out make it your business but look we're going to pause momentarily while we acknowledge our underwriters we're also going to tell you a little bit more about the station and uh, implore you to check out some more of the other stuff coming up but we'll be back right after this stay tuned Welcome back to Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. 
Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Camille Richardson, Mike Lunsford, and Roberto Ortiz. And when we took the break, we were talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the streaming series that just concluded its sixth episode this past week on, well, excuse me, this week. We haven't got it the past week because it was just Wednesday. Hasn't even been a full week yet on Disney+. And Roberto, you were saying something about the Reformation and all other stuff when we took the break. Basically, when saying? the uh, when we basically start ex- exploring the Force in Episode One, they're talking the Jedi about midi chlorians and things like that, and they completely taking out the mysticism of the Force. They're talking about something very. Scientific. Scientific. But the problem is it reminds me a lot of the Christian Reformation of the church. When Martin Luther basically made the Baptist church more German. <laughs> and if you basically come from a, a Catholic tradition like I do, there's a hell of a lot more mysticism in our version of the faith than the, the reform reformed version of the church, right? And I think, honestly, uh, that when I see that, I feel like something was lost in terms of taking out the mysticism out of it. And I always felt that the Jedi experienced something similar, that once they started basically seeing the Force as something that could be quantified, analyzed, studied, they started taking a lot of the mysticism out of it. And I I wouldn't say that was part of what basically made the Jedi go under, but I feel like it didn't help because they were trying to, I don't know, they were losing connection directly to the Force, to the point that uh, they had a freaking Sith Lord in front of them, <laughs> and they couldn't even sense it, and that was bad. It certainly wasn't good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, well, it, it's interesting, though, because the midichlorians, and I realized as we were talking about this, and that whole business of bringing balance to the force because I've said for some time that I think that the Jedi Order or the new Jedi Order um, should be more uh, what I've heard about the concept of gray Jedi rather than all to the light and all to the dark and uh, consequently I would love to see uh, some new character who was conceived by the midichlorians but again, if, if the idea is the midichlorians, if the, they themselves are trying to bring balance, they need to have somebody who comes up and they're like, you know what, it ain't all light, it ain't all dark, I am the one who is going to lead you to the gray and reestablish and the Jedi Order like that. might do that because they're opening themselves in a sequel because where are all this Jedi, uh, Force-sensitive children that are being saved? Where are they? What's happening to them? How are, they're not basically becoming Jedi Knights. I know for for a fact. Holocrons now. Exactly. So what happens to all these force sensitive children and people who are being saved by this underground railroad, for, for lack of a better word? Where are they going? What's oh yeah, the to path. Them? Yeah. And that was ten years before we yes. got to. Uh, this new thing. There's well, a lot to be explored there. Yeah, that it but you do. can't explore it with Obi Wan. I mean, he's got to stay no, on if Tatooine. Anything with, and if anything be, with you know, Obi Wan, yeah. I'd want to like explore is like you know, last that we knew with Qui Gon when learning how to become a Force ghost, he hadn't been able to do the the visual yet. Yeah. He could only he could only 
yeah, be heard. Communicate, yeah, through yeah. only being heard. Mm. So that's interest. That's an interesting thought to think that you can still train after death. And I'm guessing what through the I'm guessing through the cosmic force. Like I want to kind of see how that goes. But there's so much between the two that I'd like to see broken yeah. down. But it doesn't have to be like a season two based on Vader necessarily. Yes, like, agreed. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I, 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 do you know which character I would bring without thinking twice? Mace Window. Because the thing is that you mentioned something very important, Camille. You said, what did you mention specifically about the dark side of the force that Mace Window tapped it? Oh, so so he's one of the few Jedi that did tap into the dark side of the force with the style of lightsaber combat that he does. I, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's like Vapid or Vapid. Um, the, level, the level of aggression that was involved. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so like I know with dark side users, the reason why they can like survive these insane traumas and physical injuries is a lot of the time because they tap into the dark side and they're able to get strength out of it. And what is it that that old grandy says like uh oh what is it a will for revenge really is is great to keep you, to keep <laughs> you alive or keep you going or to survive something but, like that but that's the thing it, that's the cool thing here's why i would bring mace windows a character because it's a good contrast it's always in storytelling you always want a contrast to your character uh, a mirror and mace window basically is a character that would be a great mirror to obi-wan in terms of somebody who not only has fallen, but might actually be tempted to go full-blown to the dark side. See, I don't know, because I, I would like to almost see him more in a, like, almost in a, I mean, if they were going to do Boba Fett well. Uh, if they were going to do, you know, Book of Boba Fett, you know, season two, and kind of bringing him in somewhere along those lines, and especially with Boba Fett finally, you know, facing his father's murderer. Wow, um, that's... You know, that that's where I could see more of that, that blood kind of brewing. Um... Or I'd also love to see, you know, what on the on the depths of Coruscant, him trying to survive and like yeah. the early moments of that. That could be very cool. And also, Asajj yeah. Ventress. Uh, oh, I love her. Qu Queen Boss was name dropped yeah. on the on the show, and he was with Asajj Ventress, right? Yeah, and, they and became, Dark Disciple. So, and she only died in book form. She didn't die in any film correct and i think they're a little bit more free about changing canon if it's in books or comics but they're not so much doing it if it's been animated or live action so if they since they named drop queen boss that he's alive and we know that according to the clone wars that she he was hanging out with Asajj ventress that's a cool character that they have just laying on the table waiting to be used. Well, and Obi-Wan has, you know, relations with him, yeah. you know? So, I mean, and there's even an episode of the two of them, and <laughs> Obi-Wan's not too thrilled about having to deal with this hippie Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, and, and the cool thing is, basically, if you bring a character like a, like him or a Sash Ventress, you could also do a flashback. I just don't know if she's dead yet by that point, uh, so I don't know. But it's, There's a lot they really could do with, um, with Mace Windu, and, like, I think that Let's just say, for instance, I know we're all like, yeah, we don't really need to do another Obi-Wan season. But you know what they could do? And I know people that are like, well, that was the whole, like, nine movies. They literally could do more Darth Vader stuff. And, like, True. I would I would actually, I, I, I'm probably in the minority on this. I would actually like to see a Mace Windu that did not die in Episode 3 yeah. go off against Vader. And the reason why oh, is there's so a lot good. of theory. There's a lot of theory out there that the reason why Windu was such a jerk to Anakin is because he was convinced that he was the chosen one. Oh. And that as soon as Anakin showed up, he was there was a certain amount of jealousy there. So the whole fact that he I could totally a, see that cuz he, yeah, he, he rode that. Anakin's ass hard. Oh yeah. 
And there's a whole like like you said, like the the form that he used, it's like Vapad, V A P A A D, yeah. Thank um, you. <laughs> it, it taps into the dark side and like he's already like an aggressive like combatant like to say that it wouldn't be hard for him not to fall to the dark side but to lean that way yeah. and to be mad and to be like Anakin you've ruined everything this is all you I found out that you're Darth Vader and like seeing the two of them duke it out I would and, love like, it oh, oh, yeah. oh by the way can, can we agree on one thing that if there's Disney has scummed up a little bit in certain things with uh, Star Wars but god they have gotten Darth Vader right I mean, every single appearance that they have done with Darth Vader, he's like a force of nature that is scary. It's I mean, like, even oh, down yeah. to Rebels. Like, I love yeah. it when, like, Kanan and Ezra, like, they they all of a sudden feel this, this coldness. <laughs> yes. you know? yeah. And this fear, yeah. this immediate. We're finally getting that, you know, the Vader of legends, of, of, of yeah. you know, yeah. lore. That, he shows they, up they and you say, people yeah. are going to die horribly. Oh, God. And the way he used the force, <laughs> especially to, like, you know, break the whole the whole uh, ground underneath Obi-Wan yes. and then just yeah. like I was almost waiting for like who's got the high ground now <laughs> but, oh, I was yeah. kind of waiting yeah. for about, that too how about that scene how about that it's fight over. it's over Anakin how about that? have the high ground <laughs> <laughs> I learned how about that fight with Riva where he basically oh. humiliated her oh toys he barely her tried time. he didn't even pull his own lightsaber uh, he broke no. hers in half uh, by the way it. it rhymes with rebels that's the thing you're gonna love once you get to that scene in rebels there's a scene in rebels that rhymes with that scene and i will not say anything else but they make a point that they the basically the inquisitors are a joke to the jedi anybody who's been trained by the jedi these people are jokes they hmm. really they're like attack dogs. They have given enough knowledge to be able to do certain parlor tricks, but a trained well, Jedi. Well, because they're all all these dark siders are are, are are more of like these uh, unhinged, yeah, uh, you know, little crazies, and and it's being run by the ultimate unhinged, you know, tra <laughs> traumatized, emotionally stunted, well, powerful Sith. <laughs> and think hmm. about that too, because you want to talk about emotionally stunted doesn't think, just acts, which is so Anakin, yeah. by yes. the way. Yes. Um, Except that during that when, fight with Riva, you have to admit, holy cow, he wasn't even pulling us. Well, he didn't have emotions oh, no. in that. Oh, no, he was laughing. He was laughing yeah. at her the entire time. He was toying with her. It's yeah. like, that you're was, really going to try that? Okay, here, yeah. here, it here. Reminded me, it reminded me of like an old martial arts film where like yes. a younger a younger martial artist is going up against the master and the master's like got one hand behind his back. Yep. Like, yeah. yeah, he's like, you're not even a challenge to me. But like, the arrogance of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Here's a perfect example. The um, the uh, Grand Inquisitor is like, hey, should we really be pouring all of our resources into one person? Shouldn't we track down that ship and stop them? He's like, nope. <laughs> Send the whole Star Destroyer. You literally could have put him in his little and shuttle I, that he had. Did you see he the Grand Inquisitor's face? Did you yeah. see it when he's like, no, we're doing this? And then you see him like suck on his teeth and he's just like, this Unhinged MF. This is what we're doing. At least send Tie Fighters. Tie Fighters. You could send Tie Fighters, sir. Tie Fighters. Please send Tie Fighters against him. I'm a little torn about this because, and I was sharing with Camille, and actually, because Camille is the one that got me watching Star Wars Rebels, and so I've just finished season one of Rebels. I'm about five episodes into season two, but we just had the one where Ahsoka sends them after Rex, 
you know, because they need to oh know boy. the location oh of boy. like, you know, some some bases that they the new the new alliance can use. A anyway, so and and what you're saying, I'm like, wait a minute, but I just saw that, but it was a little different because Vader is on the he's on um, Tarkin Star Destroyer, and uh, or maybe it wasn't Tarkin, but he's on this Star Destroyer, and um, they. Uh, Crap, now I'm messing it up. But um, here's uh, Agent Callus. No, I know what it is. The Star Destroyer is in orbit. Callus is on the planet. He's with the Walkers. They're trying to get Rex and the Star Wars Rebels. And uh, up in the Star Destroyer, uh, the, the general, the commander of the Destroyer, it's like, oh, wait. Lord Vader is calling us. We gotta go. <laughs> you know? And it's like, wait, but we've got Callus on the surface, and he's after these rebels, and it's like, dude, Vader has just called us. We got to go. <laughs> and Callus is on the planet. Where's General So-and-so with my air support? It's like, dude, he had to go. Because <laughs> Vader <laughs> called him, you know? So, and that's what I was thinking about. It's like, oh, wait. Star Destroyer. No, we don't have a Star Destroyer to chase after these folks. It just cracks me because, up. And even in that you know. moment where he's just like, he will not evade me again. We will put all of our, you know, effort into going after Obi-Wan. And then just Emperor is just like, bro, you good? <laughs> 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 like, I think you got to take a chill pill because <laughs> you're going crazy and we got goals. Uh, uh, well, but uh, I like that because the Emperor was, he was consistent. He's yeah. like, yes. are you sure your feelings on this are clear, Lord Vader? I, I no, think you like, should take like, a... No, 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 I got a new mask. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> maybe you should take a deep in that back that back. Hold that thought one second. <laughs> you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. And streaming via WERA.FM, we are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, joined today by Mike Lunsford, Camille Richardson, and Roberto Ortiz. We've been talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the limited series on Disney Plus that just concluded earlier this week. We haven't talked yet about Leia. Love well, her. young Leia yeah, and young adorable. Luke, you know, she's and just perfection in every. Baby in every Actually, way. I think they have yeah. a problem because of her, big time. And I was telling this to Camille, because now they have an actress who is good, who if they wanted to and they wanted to sh exp show the teenager years of Leia, they could do it. That could be a show. Yeah, <laughs> that could be a show. And I can. It's like before I couldn't. Phantom, the idea of a 20-something basically being the representative of the Senate. But now I can see this girl at 16 being a force of nature. And um, being, holy cow. Let's she get was perfect. I mean, I, I, was, um, yeah, yeah. I read something recently that I thought really nailed uh, something that a lot of people don't think about. When they think of like Anakin and Padme yeah. and then Luke and Leia, yeah. they always um, are like, oh yeah, blonde kid with the lightsaber. Yeah, well, he's just like his dad. Nope. And the girl's yep. just like her. No, no. it's Back the other way around. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Leia is like her father. Yes. And that she's passionate. She's yeah. like sometimes reckless, but like, and there's, there's an anger underneath all of that. Yeah. Like there's this, this fury and like, it's the other way around with like with Padme as far as like, like her compassion for people, that's Luke. And like, oh, I might explain why Leia basically decided not to pursue the Jedi training because she could feel like. Uh, well, she took the training. No, she but did she didn't finish it. And it might well, yeah, have concluded because the training. Of the sequels, that's, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but the thing with uh, going back to this little girl who was fantastic, uh, if Lucasfilms wants to do a show about the teenager years of 
these two kids, I can see it working. Yeah. I Same. really can. 100%. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Because that girl was amazing. It's like, where the heck did they find that 10-year-old that could act so well? Well, this is why you hold wow. auditions. Yeah, <laughs> this is the whole reason. Things, you know? Like, just what Mike had said, you know, you're, you're passionate. Like, your father, you know, you're a leader. Like, your mother. Like, that moment just about broke me and, and when he gave her the, blast, the blaster holder and she's wearing that and she's wearing the little gloves and I'm just like my heart can't handle this this is so I ain't gonna be and kicking, it's the same yeah. thing as Anakin to, to Shmi mm-hmm. of just like will I ever see you again it's like alright I'm just gonna go cry in the corner now Like, and, and also I love the fact that they did a favor to the Lars that Owen Lars and Beru basically how were good was he he was like <laughs> that I was I'm sorry Beru was a was it's like the guy basically had a freaking for in following in terms of purposes of Sith Lord in front of him and he said I'm gonna die defending my kid yeah and it's like so much more respect for his family yes and it's like Wow. And you got to hope they took out some of those stormtroopers. I'm pretty they sure they did. What do you think they had to use a flamethrower on them? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I guarantee if we got that whole scene, he took out like a cadre of stormtroopers. Yeah. And they had to bring in the flamethrower <laughs> troopers. Like, just, they were impressive. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, well, and they had a plan. Fearless, too, man. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like, what do we do when they come? Here's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, here's what we do. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I love that moment of just like, you know, Owen realizes, like, Ben's not all bad. What comes with the Jedi can be very bad, but I see what his intentions are and I see what he wanted to do. Yeah. And it's like, you know yeah. what? I'm going to take a step back and be like, you want to meet, meet him? him? Yes, oh, thank you. Oh my God, that was great. And then you, great. Have, you have him say the exact same thing Hello. to him yeah. as you do in the first time he meets him in A New Hope. Well, yeah, actually, there. he or was talking to, to the droid. Because <laughs> Luke was still knocked was out. But it was still the yeah, symmetry. You know yeah. why yeah. this works so well? Because if you remember the scene where he dies, and he dies smiling, this is where... This is well, he didn't really die. No, no, but he, I mean, he, he became he, one with the force. force. He, he realized been, been, that... been reminiscing over what to do. think about the scene where he dies. Well, he goes once with the force. He sees Luke and Leah basically together for the yes, first time. Yes, yes. And he realized, I fulfill my, my That mission. whole exchange yeah, just means so know, much more. It yeah. makes a lot more sense yes. now because he sees Even that. Even when Luke says yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Leia is like, yeah, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she's like, Ben, ben Kenobi? Where you know? is he? Like, yeah. And this matters. Yes. Like, it's, <sighs> but, yeah. And the cool thing is that if people keep telling me, well, why did she react when he died? It's like, dude, she lost her family. She lost her planet. God, the way and she was, and she was counseling. She was basically making Luke feel better Wait. without acknowledging the fact that she had lost so much at that moment. Well, yeah, but she was already on the ship. Yeah, you know, I mean, she knew. I mean, but it was she wasn't like standing there with Luke. I mean, he saw, and he comes walk Ben. Uh, you know, he's walking <laughs> over, you know? and everybody's like. Come on, Luke! <laughs> <laughs> Blast the door, that kid! so much more sad, though, about Bail Organa. He is such yeah. a good, Dad. good one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, well, it's like Jimmy Smith's, too. You know? I'm glad he came back. Yeah. yeah. But I, and, and let me tell you something. As somebody who's a big fan of Jimmy Smith's, I'm going to tell you, it was tougher watching him dying in YPD Blue. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard. This is like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you Bobby Simone, now that was hard. I mean, what he, what, how he went was, you know, was pretty quick. He didn't, you know, it was what but, was. But, <laughs> but the cool thing is that also, this is a love letter specifically to adopted parents, if you start to think about it. The fact that... Yeah, well, a lot of and ways. adopted yeah. children. And adopted children. How the kids basically... Leia knew... I mean, this is a planet of 
uh, this is pain for the love of God. And she realized everybody here is brown. I'm not brown. Obviously, I'm adopted. But, uh, and, <laughs> duh. But the love that Belle felt for that kid. And it's like every time she did something like that, you could tell, oh, yeah, here she goes again. And he could not help but to adore that kid. Because Such a beautiful relationship. Yes. And the mother, too. Oh, God, yeah. And, mm. and I, and I like the, the way God. she reacted to the holster, too. But I, I, I love it. But yes. that's the thing. I like the fact that Obi-Wan realized, you know what? I can outsource the taking care of the children to these people because they would die for the children. Now I can basically find a path of some healing for myself. And that's what I like about that, that he realized mm -hmm. that the Lars would do a good job and the Organas would do a good job protecting the children. And that's important. Uh, well, mm -hmm. on regards to protecting the children that I kind of like, my, I'm mulling my brain over because, you know, Obi-Wan wasn't using the Force. He didn't want to be a vegan. Yeah. Now he's going to be using the Force. And now he's going to be trying to train with Qui-Gon. So, like... Does that make him a beacon in some form, or is there some kind of new training that Qui-Gon has learned so that he isn't a beacon and doesn't bring any attention to where he is and Vader? Because obviously Vader still wants him, mm -hmm. but he's being wrangled in by, well, but you by know, Palpatine. <laughs> Vader got his ass handed to him, too. <laughs> Dude, <he did. laughs> I kind of like I, that. It's like, oh, Duel of the Fates Part 2 ended a lot like, like Duel of the Fates Part 1. <laughs> some of the breakdowns I've read about that, it's like... It's just something about when dark side users are so overly emotional and with it being his master, like he's just he's never gonna be able to beat Obi Wan. How come they never realized by the way that Leia was force sensitive when the inquisitors had her in there? Because I, I hmm. mean I think that like they're not okay, because that's the thing, is like even with, with Anakin, like they didn't really know anything right away. They were like, you know, he's let's test his blood. Yeah, they like, didn't just let's, sense let's take it. a look. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like I, I don't, I don't think that that's something that like everybody just immediately jumps onto. Yeah. Not if you haven't been trained, you yeah. know. Because like, even also the have guy think, in the like, bar, like they couldn't figure out who it was until they yeah. decided to threaten somebody, and then you see, of yeah. course, the Jedi hunt themselves that's by trying true, to keep yes. him from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Point. Uh. And I think that like with with Leia specifically, like let's just say like, well, how come Vader never sensed it? Because Vader doesn't think he has kids. As far as he's concerned, Padme's yeah, they died dead, and yeah. they yeah, all the died kids, together. Yeah. Let alone and two does, kids. Kid, Not, yeah, you he, know? he didn't know there were two. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, I, I can see that blind spot, but also, like, Palpatine literally said, "I hope your feelings on the matter are clear." So <laughs> yeah. for him, I mean, he's so, so him, like, filled with rage yeah. and only on one certain individual. Yeah. Like, he yeah. is not like, getting yeah. any radar from anything else because mm. he is honed yeah. in. And he spent like a week. He spent like one solid week looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi, fought him like two different times. So like, I think that he, in his mind, he's probably like, All right, you know what? I gotta chill because like the emperor has a bunch of like work that I have to do. Like I have to like go stop an uprising, like on like whatever planet. Like I got some other, like I need to, refocus myself like, there, like that there's, little pep you know, talk from like palpatine was basically like mace window like take a seat bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it, it's great stuff and uh i'm sorry that we're out of time for this episode i'd like to thank my panelists and you too for tuning in of course fantastic forum is also a television show and if you happen to be in the montgomery county area you can still watch it on mcm 
Montgomery Community Media. Check your local listings for the time. Or you can just go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got complete episodes of the TV show. We've got the various segments broken out for your convenience. And, of course, the show is available thanks to Mike Lunsford. As a podcast, you can download it on all those platforms where you can find your favorite podcast. And the show airs in first run right here on WERA 96.7 FM each and every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, people. Uh, Enjoy the geek. Enjoy this golden age we have because there's plenty of stuff out there. Tune in again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. 